told me, please don't forget to greet the church for us. Tell them that we love them. <laughs> I've been praying for them and we miss them. Uh, the Lord is uh, blessing the work there in Florida and they brought us up there to share not only the work but more so the glories of Christ and it was a wonderful time. I did not even expect to see Steve there. He was there. <laughs> of all places, <laughs> we meet him in, in Ormond Beach. So we are so grateful to the Lord. Uh, Brother Michael mentioned about our triplet. Uh, our eldest son, who is pastor, um, had this triplet. But they are premature babies. Six months old uh, in, uh, in six months in the mom's uh, womb. Um, we have a hard time. They are in the hospital for more than for almost two months now, and uh, because their lungs were not uh, developed. But we are praising God. I think four days ago, my son emailed me and said the two are already out of the hospital. Only one is left. And then last night, uh, he emailed me again and he said, we have decided to have my wife and the baby left in the hospital, uh, that they be uh, also coming out of the hospital because my, my wife's uh, health is already affected. He, she had to run from the hospital to the parsonage, which is actually like uh, one kilometer away to attend to these babies. But we are excited. Uh, we did not even believe that these babies will uh, be released from the hospital this early because they are, they, the parents will not even allowed by the doctors to see the kids for many, many days. And uh, we're just pleading, asking the Lord to give us those children. In fact, my youngest son, uh, when we were driving back home from visiting them, he asked me, uh, is there inconsistencies with the Lord? I said, why? He said, you told us that it was the Lord who gave those triplets to Atisara. I said, yeah, it was the Lord. Why is it that he is now in the hospital? And maybe we are going to lose all of them. I, I told him, I do not know. God is in control with everything. But there's one thing I know. If God has given us those three babies in the womb, we can bring them out from the hospital because God is committed to giving us the highest good. And we simply trust him. My son was appeased with that. He said, so... This is all about the sovereignty of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, this morning, I would like us to look at the passage here in Ephesians chapter 2. I understand that uh, uh, Pastor Ron had uh, just finished the book of Ephesians. But let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Um, I, I, I was with a women's in Valley Bible in Hercules the other day uh, with my wife. And during the discussion, 
the women were so excited talking about sharing the word of God to others and being always uh, uh, aware that it's all about Christ. So I told them, you know, we do not want, uh, we do not need to to put a makeup to make Christ beautiful. He is already beautiful. We need only to make his glories now. And this morning, here's an aspect of what the Lord has done. Let me read to you verses 11 down to uh, verse 22, and then we'll pray, and then we'll take up. Take it up from there. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 and following. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ. Remember that at that time you are separate from Christ. Excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers to the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. Without God in the world. What a description who we are before. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances that in himself he might make the two into one new man thus establishing peace and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Gracious Father, thank you so much, Lord, that we can come together this morning to worship you. We thank you for giving us your son who died for us on the cross. Him who 
is Lord and Savior of our lives, God. We thank you that we can come before your presence today. Listen to your voice, to your word. Father, I pray that by your spirit, you are going to help us understand what you want us to understand through your word today. For the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The glories of Christ displayed in our oneness in him. The glories of Christ displayed in our oneness in him. This is the title of the sermon this morning. Now, the book of Ephesians, written by the Apostle Paul in present, had this major theme about the church. That the church is the mystical body of Christ. In our class, in the seminary, many times, students, the, the thinking is, the church is the building. Now, the church are the people called out by God. Separated by God from all others to become His. We are the church. It's not this building, it's the people that come to Christ and gathered together. That's the church. And the whole book of Ephesians is about this mystical body of Christ. And in fact, here in Ephesians, in verse 10 of chapter 1, we can see the overall program of God with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and the things upon the earth. We can see here that God's great master plan was to bring everything together under Christ as head. You look, at, you look at verses 22 and 23 of chapter 1. It says here, And he put all things in subjection under his feet. Put all things in subjection under his feet. And gave him as head over all things. To the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills all in all. And it's like, Christ giving assurance that these will be fulfilled in his own time, even directly and personally, individually with all believers. He says in verse 13 and 14, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit the promise, who is given as a pledge. Of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. We as a body of Christ on earth have a part in this plan of God and the Holy Spirit is the guarantee. It's the guarantee, the Arabon, the guarantee of God's promise. So I look, at, uh, I look at every believer 
not as just a brother or a sister, but you see, he is a guarantee. He is, he is being Christian today and the presence of the Spirit of God in him and in me is a guarantee that what God planned for his church, even for the whole world, he is going to fulfill it. I know that in every church like yours, there will always be problems. But didn't you know that problems will always come? We are not immune to that. But it is about cleansing the church, purifying his people. That's why he will allow that to come. Maturing his people. Now there are other things I would like first to, to, to remind again ourselves so that it can help us understand verses 11 and following. Uh, there, that shows us the glories of Christ. All believers or the church, we are all blood both. In Acts chapter 20, I will never uh, forget this text. Verse 28. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. We are blood both. In fact, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, said, we are, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. So if we are not our own, we are bought with a price, then God is our master. God is our master. The amazing thing is, it's not only that we are blood-bought, but God's plan for the church is for it to be not exclusive to one culture, one race, one language, but actually what God accomplished on the cross is to purchase a people from all tongue and tribe and nation. In Revelation chapter 5, it says here in verse 9, And they sang a new song. Here's a picture of the souls of men saved by Christ throughout the whole world in all generations. It, it, it says here, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals, for thou wast slain and did purchase for God with thy blood men from Every tribe and tongue and people and nation. It's amazing. Every time, every time I come here in the States and I go to a church where there is multi-racial, multi-colored, uh, multi-language church, just give joy to my heart. In the Philippines, Big or small, you get inside into a church, you can see all Filipinos only. 
<laughs> of course, we, we have 138 different dialects, so we speak many times differently from each other. But the color of our skin, color of our hair is the same. But God is, is uh, God in his plan. He has a people from all tongues and tribe and nation. And these people, in fact, if you are going to give me more time, uh, a little bit, uh, these people who are blood-bought from different cultures, these are men and women who are actually ex-convicts. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we all fall in this category. category. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning from verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Such were some of you. This is who we are before. But no longer. Such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified, declared holy. But you were justified. Not because we arrived, but because of the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ credited to our account. Now, so, when writing to the Ephesian church, I'm, I'm always amazed and overwhelmed by this amazing grace of God that reaches down to unworthy, unworthy men and women. Look at verse 11 now. Here's the description of the people in Ephesus. Most of the people in the church in Ephesus. And if we are going to extend the interpretation of the text, points to all of us before we were saved by the Lord. Therefore, remember... Two times, this word, remember, was repeated by the Apostle Paul immediately after telling them that we are the workmanship of Christ. 
He, he told them, remember, what are the things that we, we have to remember or the, the people in, in Ephesus had to remember? Remember that formerly, you see the point? Formerly, that is who you are before. That formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, the word used here, and the praise that the Apostle Paul used is actually derogatory. You want to insult a person during their time? Tell them, you are a Gentile. Equal only to the word, you are a Corinthian. It was derogatory. Formerly you are the Gentiles in the flesh. And who are telling them that they are Gentiles in the flesh? The Jews. So there is this enmity between Gentiles and the Jews. Who, therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time Separate from Christ. We are separate from Christ. How many times before the Lord graciously changed my heart. Even to look at people bringing Bibles. In my heart, I am laughing rejecting, trying to say without even voicing out, these men are foolish. They are very foolish. We are separate from Christ. Excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers excluded. The from the commonwealth of Israel and the strangers to the covenants of promise. You see, there is no string that can connect us with the blessing of being a people of God like the Israelites. There's nothing there. You are excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, is strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope. Having no hope. And the worst of this description that the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesian believers, remember that formerly you are without God in the you think about all these things. Look at your own life. And you can see what an amazing work of grace we are. But now here's the good news. But now, in Christ Jesus... You who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
First of all, the glories of Christ is displayed when he accomplished this oneness of the saints in his church. But now, this conjunction, but I went back and look at this in the original text. It, it is used by the Apostle Paul in the aversive. So, the direct opposite of what he was telling before. He was telling them, you formerly are separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, have no hope and without God in the world, but now... The direct opposite of what he just told them. But now, in Christ, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We are brought near by the blood of Christ. Our salvation is free. Many, many times you have heard this. Our salvation is free, but it is not cheap. We are bought by the blood of Christ. There's a, there's a river in India that the people believe to be an extension of the divine Lord, Shiva. That can transport their prayers, that can support their lives, and much more, wash away their sins. Every year they go to this river, dip their bodies in the river, believing that as they dip their bodies in the river, their sins are washed away. But you know what? That will never happen. That will Never happened. I went Google and look at this, some, some records about this river. And uh, it, there was one part that says, in, in Haridwar, Hindus come to the banks of the Holy Ganges daily to perform arti rituals with songs and flames and prayers. Just believing that the waters, the moment detaches the waters and linger on the water, and if they can do this time and time and again, they are assured that the sins are washed away. But there was one person who took some samples of the water and put it in a magnifying glass using a microscope and all the bacteria and all the many uh, Pathogens that he saw in there horrified him. It's only the blood of Christ. Not only that he has cleansed us from all our sins, but has actually brought those who are far to become near, not only to the Jews, but much more. To Christ, to God himself. And in fact, we are called children of God. In Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood. There is no other savior but Christ. 
I got saved in 1977. And even if I am a new convert, I started sharing the gospel to many of my classmates. We were very active in the campus ministry. And my heart is always yearning to, to talk to people about Christ. And you know what? I thought that the, the message of the gospel, this, this salvation so free in Christ, the blood of Christ will one day be outdated, become obsolete. Now, now I found out in the passing of years that it's becoming even sweeter and sweeter. To speak about it. We never get tired of being reminded how we are saved. Amen? We never, we never get tired. In fact, the more we hear it again and again, the more it brings joy in our hearts. The, the real issue is not, how can I be saved? But the real issue really is, Lord, why you save me? Lord, why me? The blood of Christ brought near all of us who were then have nothing to do. And in fact, without God in the world. The last song that we sang, this is my father's world. Unbelievers cannot sing that. Didn't you realize all the hymns that we are singing, all the songs we are singing during worship service, brings us this unspeakable joy in the presence of God so that we can worship Him. But to those who are not in Christ, they cannot share that. Never. Not until we tell them, the blood of Christ had already been shed. Not unless we tell them, a Savior died for you. Yes, the glories of Christ can be seen by that blood He shed. On the cross. Redeeming us from our sins. And in our text in verse 13. Brought those who are part of. By his own. Brought near. By his blood. Now we are no longer. Separate. Now, now we are. We are no longer. Excluded from the commonwealth of God's people. We are no longer strangers to the covenants of promise. Now we have hope. Now we have God. That's why we are here to worship Him. And you know, the whole of the Christian life is a life of worship. There is no time... That we can say, this part is dedicated to God. This is not. Now. Now. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I counted how many times, even in chapter 2 only, 
I leave it myself in chapter 2. How Paul have repeated this word, formerly, formerly, formerly. Just emphasizing, you are no longer who you are before. You are a new person in Christ. Look at verse 2. Verse 1 and 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walk according to the course of this world. Verse 3. Among them we too all formerly live in the lust of our flesh. Verse 11. Therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, separate from Christ. And in fact, in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off, Here's an idea even in verse 12. At that time, or formerly, separate from Christ. Beloved, we are not the same as who we are before we come to Christ. We are entirely a different person. This word used by the Apostle Paul in verse 13, those who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It signifies not only the bringing of two things together side by side, but the coming of, of two things together as if they become one in Christ. I did not know my wife. She is, my she is not my neighbor. She is not my classmate. She is not even my province mate. But when we become husband and wife, there is this mystical union that you cannot understand. If I am away from my wife, there is a part of me that is detached. In fact, I'm thinking, I do not know what I will be if my wife is gone. No wonder the church is pictured by the Lord in his relationship with the church, with the husband and wife. So, there is this bringing together, this oneness that God alone can Accomplish. Why do you welcome us here? So warmly and lovingly. When you go to a place where you know nobody. And then you come across a person who is a Christian. When you talk it's like you've known each other for a long time already. Why is that so? The blood of Christ has brought us together in this family. That's why it is shameful if within the church there is this division. Just because he is eating a different food than what I am eating during breakfast. The blood of Christ has accomplished this. Bringing us together for he himself is our peace who made both groups into one and the 
and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. He has broken down the, the barrier of the dividing wall. And bring us together as one. I, I, I'm reading the book of Acts. And I really wondered because it was still very clear that the early New Testament believers um, still have this bias about what race the other person belongs. Because in, in Acts chapter 11, uh, there's a record here um, that when they were persecuted, wherever they went, they were preaching the gospel of Christ. And yet in Acts chapter 11, it says here in verse 19, So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch speaking the word to no one except to Jews alone. Maybe they don't have yet the Ephesians chapter 2 text. So they are excusable. But we cannot be excused anymore. I believe with all my heart that the Lord wants His church to see the world as our mission field. If you cannot go, send somebody else. If you cannot go, actually you can go by your knees in prayer. I was talking to somebody at Florida and he said, If only I can go, but now I am old. I told her, No ma'am, you can actually go. In fact, you can go places that you have not been to and nobody can get inside. How will I do that? Bow the knee. God answers prayer. We have to make that as our goal. We can pray. Magnify Christ in your life. It will, good, it will be good for you to go. Many times the mission field is just your Co-worker in the office. Just the table across the room where you are at. Paul. <laughs> he himself is our peace. Who made both groups into one. And who broke and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. By abolishing in his flesh. So first... The blood, now the flesh, by abolishing in his flesh the enmity which is the law of commandment contained in ordinances, that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. 
that he might make the two into one new man. We cannot run away from this truth. If there is yet any prejudice, any bias toward others, beloved, Christ has shed his blood, and in fact, his body, his flesh has suffered on the cross if only his people come as one in him. That's why even the work of missions is not just the work of somebody else. It is the work of the whole family. When, when my, when my daughter-in-law had her uh, water bag uh, uh, ruptured already, she was rushed to the hospital. It was a Sunday morning, and the husband, Amiel, was about to pray. He wasn't able to, uh, to pray, to preach that morning. But he had to run his wife, bring her to the hospital. And the hospital from the church is 18 kilometers away. But when they reached the hospital, the, the doctors there said, we have no facilities for triplets. This is a provincial hospital. So bring them to... Tagum City, where they have all the facilities that can care for the children. And Tagum is like almost 250 kilometers away. But you know the bureaucracy in the Philippines? You bring your patient to another hospital, you have to ask if an ambulance is available. And they will tell you, you pay the gasoline, you pay the driver. So I said, no, uh, let, let us use the, the, uh, the van in, in the office. And I, I drove the van. But I watched my kids. The, the second son, who is a doctor, was in the van with his wife. And he had globes, globes already in his hands. He said, Papa, anytime we needed to stop, you need to stop. See, he was ready right there. My youngest son was following us. My, my daughter was arranging everything back home because the eldest daughter of Amiel was also there. So every member of the family was so busy. Beloved, don't you know that our real family is not even our blood family? It is the family that is saved by Christ by his own blood. Our, our true family is the family of believers. Well, I'm glad my, my family, my kids are all believers. You can see the body at work. One one in the Lord. So it's accomplished by his blood shed on the cross. This oneness in Christ is even secured by the giving of his flesh. I was listening to one young pastor 
who graduated from our seminary while he was preaching. I know he was intimidated because of my presence. I can see it in his eyes. He was scared to preach. But anyway, after probably three minutes, he was, he was by himself. I know that he just was free in preaching the word. And he has one statement. He was preaching on being united in the Lord Jesus. He, was, he had this one statement, he said, because you are blood-bought, because Christ has given his body offered for you on that cross with the many things he suffered so that our salvation will be secured. I am committed to stand by you. I am committed to love you, to understand you, to forgive you, to give the best that I can give you. Why? Because I must treasure you just as Christ have treasured you. You know, after the service, I told him, no wonder the Lord put me here so that not only that I can listen to you preach, but the Lord has to deal with me what is going on in my heart. Just amazing. So amazing because even we Christians, many times we dare not associate with those people that is different from us. That shouldn't be. The dividing wall has been broken down. He has already abolished the enmity. Well, the Jews, even in their, in their temple, they have this so-called the Gentile court. And if a Gentile will walk beyond what was intended for them, they will be killed. But now, when Jesus died on the cross, even what separates from the Holy of Holies was torn down. Thus bringing together everyone. In his flesh, he has broken down the barrier of the dividing wall, abolishing the enmity between the law and the ordinances, Versus the spiritual bankruptcy of the Gentiles. Creating into one men and women forgiven. Pronounced children of God. We must lay aside any prejudice. We must be committed like our Savior, to love God's people. Been thinking of John chapter 13, a new commandment I have given you, that you love one another. And then he said, as I have loved you, you must love one another, that the world may know. What will be the result? That the world may know 
that you are my disciples. He did not say, be a good preacher, be a good expositor of the Bible, be a good Bible study leader, be a good Sunday school teacher that the world may know that you are my disciples now. We are known by the way we treat one another in the body. Lastly, and he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. Through him. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. These people, both by the blood of Christ, where Christ has offered his all for them, we, his people, are now being built as we are built into the dwelling of God in the Spirit. Isn't that something? When we, when we look at ourselves in a mirror, especially when we are preparing ourselves physically to come to church for worship, look at yourself the way God looks at you. And think of your brothers who are in the church and reflect on those men and women who are still in their sin. You know, the more we see the glorious salvation the Lord provided for us, the more it creates in us the yearning to make what He has accomplished known to those who have not heard of it. Let me close by Going to Revelation chapter 5 again. I love this passage here. Every time I read this, I become excited even more. In verse 9, in the following verses. And they sang a new song. So in heaven, there will be, there'll be singing. And the object of the singing will be Christ's worthiness as a result of what he has done for the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals. Thou was slain and did and it's purchased for God with a blood. Men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Wow! Filipinos, Japanese, Americans. Brown, yellow, black. It, we will all be there. Singing, worshiping Christ. Men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God. And they will reign upon the earth. And here's 
What excites me? And I look and I heard the voice of many angels. Who? Angels. Angels. They never have tasted the sweetness of the salvation you and I have received from Christ. They are a foreigner of that feeling of being forgiven from their sins. Being accepted and now declared as child of God. The angels, and I look and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. And the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in the heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory in the forever and ever the saints myriads upon myriads of the saints those who are the same of God they are going to sing worthy worthy is the lamb and look the angels will be watching them the angels will be on the sideline looking at them and 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 you know what they cannot help but shout with the saints they cannot help but raise their voices to, to worship the Savior. He is worthy. Christ is worthy. And I look and I heard the voice of many angels. It is one thing to say, I'm sorry to hear that your loved one has gone home to be with the Lord. It is so easy to say that. But you can never, you can never 100% identify the sense of loss. We can only empathize. These angels, they have not, they have not tasted what it means to be washed from all sins. They have never tasted what it means to be declared righteous. They have never tasted what Christians have tasted. All because the blood was spilt on the cross. A body was nailed on the cross. One day, one day, what matters will be Christ and Him alone. People of God, invest your life for the glory of God. This is the reason why we are here. Make His glory now to the ends of the earth must be our goal. One day, we will all be singing there. And what glory that will be. Father. Oh I long for that day Lord. That I'll be together with your people. Many have. 
given their lives, heads cut off because they bear witness to your name. Many have suffered so much pain. Their lives are always in the edge. But what sweeter joy than to know that this is not our home. This is not. We are meant to be. We are a people designed for eternity. That's why you came. You died to save us. And we glory, we glory at the feet of Christ. You alone is Lord and Savior. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus, your name, we pray.